1: Think on your feet for our fast and curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org/events.
0: When were the? What schools? Who decides
2: what the next? Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this?
3: It's Curious City,
2: where WBEZ answers
0: your questions about Chicago, the region, and its people.
3: Hey, Jesse Dukes here, and if you remember last time on Curious City, we took on a question from Todd Leiter-Weintraub about something his dad always told him.
0: He is a smart guy, but he likes to remind you of that every now and then, he's (laughs) like, yeah, you know, Todd, uh, Chicago has the largest Polish population outside of Warsaw, but you didn't know that. Oh, yes, Dad, I did, because you told me about six or seven other times.
3: (laughs) Todd wanted to know if that was actually true. And if so, why? What we learned last time is Chicago is probably the number three Polish city outside Poland. But if we're talking metropolitan areas, then the Chicago region does have the largest Polish population of any non-Polish metro. We have close to 900,000 people of Polish ancestry. And... They've shaped life here in big ways and small ways. There are 52 Catholic churches with Polish masses. We have Polish diners, a respected Polish history museum, even a Polish yacht club. So now I'm taking on the second part of Todd's question. Why did so many Poles come here to Chicago and why did so many stay? Our go-to expert is Chicago historian Dominic Pesiga, a Polish-American himself. We spoke in the WBEZ studios about what kept drawing Poles to Chicago over and over again. We also asked Polish immigrants to share their stories of coming to Chicago. I spoke to some of the people who called in, and you'll hear me play excerpts of those interviews to Pesiga so he could explain how they fit into this larger story. To set the scene, you need to know that while Poland is its own country now, for a lot of its history, Poland has been occupied by neighboring countries. In the mid-1800s, when all this begins, Poland was divided up between its more powerful neighbors, Russia, Prussia, and Austria-Hungary. By 1860, the Polish peasants had gained the freedom to migrate from their respective countries and look for work. A huge migration of Poles began in the 1860s. Pesiga says by that time, Chicago was growing faster than any
0: American city. Chicago was many different things in the 19th century. It was sort of the Cupertino of the uh, 19th century. This is where people came with ideas and uh, tried technology out. and you Silicon know, Valley. Yeah. In 1848, the railroads ran out to Oak Park. By 1851, uh, they were the center of the railroad industry. And this, of course, created thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs and brought millions of people eventually to these shores, especially to Chicago. You had the stockyards here, you had the the tanneries, you had steel mills. Uh, Tremendous industrial growth in the 19th century just attracted people into low-paying, unskilled positions for the most part. But enough to put some money on a side and send it either back to Poland or to invest it here. Uh, Then you have the chain migration issue. You send for your cousin. You send for your girlfriend. You send for your wife. You send for your mother. You bring them in. It's sort of a chain of connectedness. So once it's established initially. Yeah. Once it's established initially. And, of course, in Chicago, it's established initially on the northwest side uh, in the area uh, that we now call Wicker Park. But we often used to call Stanisławovo. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is the parish of St. Stanislaus Koska.
3: So that first economic migration really got Chicago's Polish population started. And that's a big part of answering our question about why we have so many Poles. But that migration ended in 1924 when the federal government restricted immigration from Eastern Europe. Chicago's Polish population was bolstered by other migrations. And the next one began in the late 1940s at the end of World War II, the so-called displaced persons migration.
0: Well, of course, the war devastated Poland. About 25 percent of its population was killed. Many Poles were moved into Germany uh, to work in labor camps. They were slaves, basically, to uh, the Reich. Mm. Uh, And these people had no place to go. So uh, the United States opened its gates, and, uh, and I think about 450,000 Poles came to the United States. Many of them ended up in Chicago. They knew they had a cousin someplace on Milwaukee Avenue or Archer Avenue or uh, along 26th Street. Uh, and so they came to uh, Chicago, and these displaced people uh, rejuvenated in many ways uh, Polish institutions.
3: So this is an excerpt of an interview I did with John Guslowski, mm-hmm. Polish-American poet from Chicago, no longer lives here. His family came to the U.S. in 1951. He was born in a displaced persons camp, Mm -hmm. I believe in Germany. So he's telling a story about how his family was able to come to the United States in the first place and and where they ended up.
1: There was a farmer outside of Buffalo, New York, uh, who paid for all of our passage over. And we were brought to America by the U.S. government on a uh, former troop ship, the General Taylor. We went from Ellis Island to this farm uh, outside of Buffalo, New York, and we had to spend a year working for this uh, farmer to pay off our passage. I was three years old at the time. My sister was five. The farmer there, he asked us to stay with him. You know, he liked the work my, my parents did. Both my parents were uh, farm kids. They knew about you know, harvest, and they knew about planting. They had all of that stuff down and uh, so I asked my dad, I said, I said, you know, this guy offered you a livelihood. Why did you leave? Why did you go to Chicago? And my father said he hated farm work. It was just too hard. It reminded him so much of the work that he did in the concentration camp, in the slave labor camp in Germany. He wanted to live an easier life, and he figured that he would find that easier life in a city
0: Yeah, I think that this story is pretty typical. People were trying to get here any which way they could, but the reaction of the father is interesting because you would think he was a farmer. (laughs) He would have loved doing this, right? But farm work is very, very difficult. So you come to Chicago and you can do something else. You work eight hours a day and you go home, you eat, you watch television, you relax a little bit, uh, you, you have Sundays and Saturdays off, it's a better deal. And and that's what Chicago represented to most Poles in each one of the migrations, a, a better deal.
1: We went to Chicago. Everything we owned was in a trunk. that was like three feet by three feet by four feet. You know, it's just a trunk. We settled in Chicago. And uh, sure enough, you know, there, there was so much work to do. My father worked double shifts. My mother worked. Within three years, my parents had worked enough so that they could buy an apartment building. They bought a five-unit apartment building in the uh, Humboldt Park area. I still remember the address, 2633 uh, West Potomac. Uh,
0: this is a typical story. Buy a chunk of land, buy a house, make sure it's a two or three flat. You can rent it out. and They pay your mortgage off. You could rent it out to the Rodatsit. That's somebody that you know from your own village or your own relative of one kind or another. This is the chain. This is the web that is created in this community. And this is an excellent uh, example of that.
3: That couldn't have been everybody, though, right? There were probably some people who just did their eight-hour job and came home and drank that beer and watched the TV and were were content paying rent. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I mean, somebody's renting those three apartments.
3: Flash forward 30 years. The next big migration of Poles came in the 1980s, when dock workers in Gdansk went on strike and touched off the Solidarity movement. It started as an effort for better working conditions and wages in the docks, but grew into a nationwide protest against the Soviet-controlled Polish government. The government cracked down on anybody involved with Solidarity, and thousands of Poles left the country as political or economic refugees. I spoke to Kasia McCormick, maiden name Kasia Krinsky. She left Poland when she was 18 months, Her father had been involved with Solidarity. They got the word the crackdown was coming, and they left in the middle of the night and eventually ended up in a refugee camp in Austria.
2: And the first three months that they took us in, they tell you about all these different countries you could go to, like Australia and, you know, England and Denmark and South Africa. And there were a lot of perks in different places. Australia had a lot of perks for people coming there. My mom said that in Denmark. If you had two kids, like they had to give you the same standard of living as every other Danish person that had two kids. So you knew you were already going to have a nice house, you know, a nice setup. And American didn't give you anything, just the visa. And my father, though, had been to America a couple of years before for a year. He worked and had made a lot of money, but he knew already That Chicago was a place that he was going to do well in. He was like, I already knew that nothing was stopping me in Chicago. There's no communists, there's no this, there's no that. I knew that if you worked hard enough, you were going to make it.
0: It's interesting. I mean, you know, you you have welfare states like in Denmark. Yeah, Uh, I mean, uh, that sounds pretty nice. Yeah, (laughs) it sounds pretty good to me, offering various kinds of uh, uh, perks. But this guy's been to Chicago. He's had a taste of it. He knows in Chicago that there's a Polonia here. There's a church here, Uh, There are taverns here. There are people here who will talk to him in Polish, people who will say, I'll get you the job around the corner. They need somebody. This web, this chain of migration continues. It can help them get uh, a footing in the society. I want to play you actually one more piece of tape. So this is um,
3: Joseph Pogosielski, who... He came a few years before Solidarity strikes had begun, but he was also a political refugee. Mm -hmm. He worked for um, a little bit in Chicago, but then he got another job in San Francisco, and he thought he would try that out. Then he had a few days vacation, so he came back to Chicago.
2: was Christmas coming. When I come back uh, for Christmas to Chicago, uh, you know, like midnight mass and uh, to church and all people, I said, outside the Poland— I can uh, live only in Chicago, I can travel, I can go everywhere, but like I was walking from my, uh, from where I live and was like a little bit snow and uh, uh, remind me completely like when I was in Poland. Well, this is, you know, Chicago's home. It's Poland elsewhere.
0: People can lay their roots down here. So here's Mr. Pokuszewski's going off to San Francisco. It's nice in San Francisco. I've been to San Francisco. It's warm. But this is home. And it reminds him of Poland. The snow, the people, the stores. Hmm. So you have this this connection that makes Chicago home. And, And that's very important for most people.
3: Dominic Pisiga professor of history at Columbia College. His new book is Slaughterhouse, Chicago's Union Stockyard and the World It Made. Thanks to all the Polish immigrants and Polish Americans who called and shared their stories about coming to Chicago with us. We have a couple more stories to share at wbez.org curiouscity. Reporting for this story came from me, Jesse Dukes. Special thanks to Dan Pogoschelski for connecting us with so many Polish Americans, as well as translation help. And thanks to Joe Dassault, for providing even more help than he usually does. Support comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism.
1: Curious City
0: is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink, We just want to be the best you drink.
2: Next time on Curious City, think of the jobs you'd expect to find in the city of Chicago's budget, like police officer, paramedic, or alderman. One man found something unexpected.
1: I was just scrolling through and I saw blacksmith. (laughs) I thought, did my eyes deceive me?
2: That's right, blacksmith. So burly bearded dudes smithing swords in a mountain or something else? We asked one.
1: I think the trade has evolved into what we all do now.
2: Next time on WBEZ's Curious City.